0: Hello and welcome to the SBS Cycling Podcast for the week of the 24th of September, 2015. Your weekly review of all things cycling, I'm Al Hines. This week on the show, racing in Richmond begins with a heap of action across the men's, women's and juniors fields. The TTTTs kicked things off on Sunday with more chrono action following on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll keep all of that, including Vasily Kinyanke's career milestone win and yet another medal for that ever-impressive Danish Kiwi, Linda Vellumson. And with the big races to come on the weekend, we'll look ahead. Just who might and might not win those coveted road race rainbows. Lots of alliteration this week. And uh, with me to talk about that and more, it's uh, the one, the only, uh, literally the one and only because there's no one else here, it's Anthony Tan.
1: Where is everyone out? Uh, I guess if they're not here... They're just not here. Well, Tomo's on, uh, on late-night duties, I think, for Worlds. So Yeah, is Phil. but I, well, I did see him in the foyer, the, the, uh, the, foyer. the, 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 the
0: Grand Lobby. The Grand Lobby at yeah, SBS. Yes. And uh, Phil, Phil's uh, doing what is essentially the ultimate of graveyard shifts because the Eastern United States is uh, possibly the worst possible time zone clash if you're an Australian uh, because uh, it means that most events start and finish during times which no person has any right to be awake. Yeah. Go, go me. Go, go me. Go, go me. Um, Tanny, it is, uh, of course, World Championships. We'll get into all of that very shortly. But a uh, couple of bits of uh, news floating around uh, that I wouldn't mind just quickly touching on. UCI reforms, big news or not?
1: Not really. I had a look at the reforms. I mean... So they say they want eighteen teams, but they can't find eight. They couldn't find eighteen this year, and there really should have been sixteen because uh, Astana, not the capital of Kazakhstan, but Astana, the team, shouldn't have been racing. Uh,
0: indeed, indeed, uh, that was uh, quite funny. Uh, it's also this sort of ongoing farce of all these things where that's the announcement of the announcement. They didn't actually finalise any of their details or release anything, but they said they had confirmed that the finalised details were going to be announced. So
1: Yes, I guess for the Australian audience, which makes up about 99.99% <laughs> of our audience, it's good news because the tour Down Under has... uh well, they they're sort of good. Do you call it closed the deal with the UCI? You know, it's it will be part of the new calendar. I mean, the thing is, they also they're not only struggling to have teams in the World Tour, they're struggling to have races there because the Tour de France is the only race which really makes money, and and the classics, um, or some of them at least. But
0: I I just you don't you, want to throw out the ones that are working if you don't want if you don't need to yeah. um. Tanny, one other thing I wouldn't mind saying is last week we visited uh, our uh, friend and colleague, photographer Mark Gunter, who's uh, going through a bit of uh, personal trouble, travails at the moment. But travails, uh, yeah. And, and
1: do you know what he said when we visited him? He said, I've just finished listening to the Cycling Central podcast. I know. We both laughed because he we sick. thought he was joking. He's sick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Big shout out to him. He's uh, we hope he uh is going to be back amongst the uh, cycling fraternity soon, taking more of his wonderful photographs. You would have seen Gunt's photos around. I'm sure he's he writes photos for to ride for, cycle sport uh, yeah. in the UK, uh, bicycling, bicycling Australia, Australia yeah, cycling yeah. news. He's done stuff pro cycling for us at SBS, of course. So I mean, yeah. he's he's. Pretty much uh, the go-to guy, I'd almost say. Would he say he's the foremost? Yeah, he's he's the most ubiquitous. Australian photographer, yeah, would you say? Yeah,
1: a cycling, Australian cycling photographer. I mean,
0: there's a few others. I think we should probably give, uh, I mean, J- Jared Partridge. Jared. Shane Goss was around for a little yeah, while. gossy like, gossy
1: was kind of like Gunter's predecessor.
0: But uh, anyway, Gunter, we're, we're all... Uh, we're all in there with you, and uh, as I say, we hope you get back on a motorbike soon, taking some of those wonderful pics. Yeah, we'll probably see him at next year's Tour Down Under. I think
1: he's, he's booked his He's booked ticket. his accommodation. That's what he told That's us. That's what we haven't done yet. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I think I haven't. Well, I know I haven't. I don't think you have. Anyway.
0: All right. Uh, Tanya, let's get into it. Let's talk about the World Championships. Oh, we will start with the men's and women's races, the time trials, and uh, not the team time trials, because I want to talk about something particular with those two, but uh, the women's time trial that took place, uh, what now, a couple of days ago, and it was Linda Volemsen from New Zealand who uh, won gold in that race. Uh, she she uh, triumphed over Anne, Anna van der Breggen, and Lisa Brunauer with Katrin Garfoot from Australia in fourth. Four riders within nine seconds, Tanny. A damn close time troll, if ever there was one. And uh, five, if you include Kristen Armstrong, within 21 seconds. So it was uh, fought right down to the end. Uh, but a great win for Willemsen, who was, a you know, for one, uh, Sarah Van Bohemond's favourite rider, a former SBS colleague, because she actually won things for New Zealand. Um, but also because Willemsen is one of those people that is always or very often on uh, the podium for the world championships, but uh, until this year, hadn't taken the big one, so uh, a big win.
1: Yeah, I think, didn't she finish five times on the podium without a win? Like it was either, what, Judith Judith Arndt. I mean, she, she was always often the bridesmaid as well, and then she finally cracked it. No, she didn't crack it in Geelong. It was the year after Geelong, Copenhagen, I think. Uh, so it, it proves that I think not only did the women's time trial in fact was provided a portent or was what was to come in the men in terms of um, that, you know, it was like persistence gets you somewhere. I mean, these the, the ones who have finished there have just been trying for quite a few years now. And uh, so it was, yeah, I think everyone was cheering her on. You know, I don't think...
0: I think we saw a deserved podium um uh Kristen Armstrong who I did mention she finished fifth wasn't uh, it's was kind of a coming out of retirement world championships for her she kind of semi-retired a few years ago then uh she she's come back and she was always a time trial ace and it wasn't quite the the dream return tanny to a, to a world championships but uh, very close 21 seconds is no, is no uh Nothing to sneeze at, considering she's been out of it for a bit.
1: Yeah, I guess you could call it the second coming, but then it all sounds almost—I um, don't know—like Jesus-like, and we've had that. We've had that already from,
0: from Armstrong. Lyat. Yeah, yeah. So we don't want to really go but there. The other namesake. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, probably worth mentioning Garfoot. Uh, she's only been in the sport properly for I think it's three and a half years now, so. I think you picked her out like to do quite well. Yeah, so. I spoke to her a little while ago uh, when she was breaking out of the NRS. And she had just had a really good year, but um, she's uh, she's in. She looks like she's finding her feet. Nine seconds off the podium, maybe a world championship within her reach in the next year. She is a little bit uh, older, but uh, I mean, to be honest, women in women's cycling, it seems like you can do quite well into your to mid to late 30s
1: yeah i would say that you know with garfoots place there you know you have to say um, australian women's cycling is on a bit of a comeback in terms of the time trials because they've sort of, they sort of haven't been there for quite a few years now uh, so they are getting close but i know it's it's funny isn't it are they is there enough of a field there like it was was this a a quality field. Um, I mean,
0: Brunauer and, and Vanderbregen have been pretty ubiquitous throughout the season, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a bit of a change in their guard going on at the moment with women's cycling with the TTs, but it's a, uh, to me, it was interesting to see such a tight finish, a blanket over the top few. I mean, it could have gone uh, anyway, um, but let's uh, talk about the men as well, Tanny. uh, Wigo, uh no go after last year's uh, dominating performance. No Fabian, uh, who's been uh, as much a part of the World Time Trial Championships as probably any other rider in the last decade. So that left uh, a bit of a hole at the top, which someone had to fill, and that man proved to be Kiryanka, uh, the bellow Russian. Pretty emphatic rider. I suppose in a lot of ways, not that surprising. We've always sort of seen him as this diesel-ish rider. He's won... TT's before at the Giro, and uh, he's been pretty... I mean, he's just one of those kind of guys that you wouldn't not see riding, but sort of a, a disappointing ride for probably the, the top favourites, Tanny, would you say? Or uh,
1: Yeah, I think you'd have to... I mean, this the whole podium was a complete uh, shock to me. I mean, you can say, oh, not much of a surprise because he's always there or thereabouts, but uh, well, this is a but, world championship. So. Yeah, and and the guys, you know, you, the guys, you know, to have Tony, you know, last week we we're talking about Tony Martin and Rowan Dennis, uh, so there was a, there was definitely a quality field, even with the absence of Cancellara uh, and Wiggins. So yeah, I mean, I I was um, I, I was I was shocked, but you know, Kirianka said that was his, shocked. His his team yeah it takes a lot to shock me in cycling these days but his team said that yeah he didn't obviously he didn't ride the Tour de France uh, and then his team allowed him to pretty much ride the Walter to prepare for the the Worlds uh, the time trial Worlds so there's not too many teams that allow you to do that and that's why if I could just digress a bit about the team time trial I feel that. Uh, It's a waste of time, you know. It sounds so disrespectful, and it it is, but the thing is (laughs) it's a waste of time because it's you need a huge amount of money to invest in something like this. And so they had 27 teams write it, and there was a huge disparity in the times, and and no one really cared really in the end, apart from the people who were trying to... At the very, very top end. Yes, yeah. the, The rest, I mean, even Phil... Gomes, our uh, esteemed. esteemed editor, said it last week. He said, "Oh, we should just treat it as a bit of fun, but this is a world championships. So I can't treat this as fun. I, I mean, I want it to be serious." And the whole thing, there was almost—I won't say it was a farcical element, but it just feels that you can buy a win in the team time trial, and and then it's it's a it's a disparity to have teams in their trade team kit. And then suddenly you throw that away, and then they're they're and then, riding yeah, their they're national colours. So yeah, it just for me, it makes n- no sense.
0: And that, and in that, in that sense, actually, what do you? You I know, mean, maybe we'll talk about the team time trial in a sec. But um, maybe a national team time trial would be more interesting. But yeah, um, Tony, uh, as you said, Kuyanka, yeah, Sky did give him the chance to ride the world He did um, credit that as a, a big reason. That's not really that surprising. A lot of guys say the Vuelta is a big part of. Um, world's preparations but he did he did write a very good time trial it was a over one hour effort um, so a very long effort Adriano Mallory was second Jerome Coppel in third Italy in France uh, making up the podium those guys also reasonable time trials but again um, actually Mallory again he's one of those guys you forget but he still had a very good year in terms of um, winning time trials, you know, shorter time trials in stage races this year. So, no, he's 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 pretty good. He's, he's um, sort of he's maturing. In, in the,
1: if you look at his results, I think he's come 12, sixth, third, and so, you know, this kind of made sense in terms of progression. That's what I mean. That the the women's time trial gave you an indication of what might might happen. Um, th- those guys have been just going for it year after year, whereas these newbies like Dennis or um, well, Martin's been going for year after year. But, yeah, I mean, he was, I-, I guess Dennis and Finney are quite new to the senior ranks of elite time trial world. So that in that respect, um, it was kind of like the old dogs uh, show- showing how it's done.
0: Yeah, although Malari and uh, Copel aren't uh, the oldest of old dogs, but uh, Dennis was probably a little bit unlucky. We should mention that he punctured about 20 k's to go in his ride, which I mean that's it's kind of game ending, isn't it? Unless you're on an absolutely ridiculous ride, and uh, he was on a good ride, but I mean that's it's it's about 30 seconds they say generally on a puncture. By the time you yeah, and then change by 45 get back up to speed, get
1: to fall season. so just say he lost the maximum time. I mean it's and it's more the disruption in the rhythm. Mm. Uh, so but he actually said that he wouldn't um he, he wouldn't have won
0: anyway. Yeah. So I think I think that's a shame. He may have got on the podium, but uh was not to beat. Tony Martin, bit of an off ride in seventh. He's sort of had a bit of a quieter end of the season. We haven't seen as much from him perhaps as we would have normally expected. And uh, which is kind of unusual for the Panzer wagon to be honest he seems to be so good in those longer time trials especially the longer flat ones but uh, as well Tony a caveat about uh, Taylor Finney he of course is returning from injury so as much as we probably could expect for him to do quite well uh, in a in a time tra- individual time trial like this and after his good performances in uh, Utah and, and uh, Colorado uh, probably worth mentioning that he is only 18 months after returning from a a bad, bad breaking uh, break of his leg, and uh, I don't think it's even
1: eighteen months. out. Not like, even eighteen months. Yeah, it's more like twelve or something like that. I, I just, I'm a, this one. I'm really astounded as to how this guy. I mean, I think most people wrote him off uh, in terms of being able to come back to a to this level and then a level where he's, you know, he was part of the the winning team time trial squad. So, I mean, that's yeah, I I think you know he's he's probably done the right of the worlds, um, you know, g- given what's happened to him.
0: Yeah, he has he has in 12th is is good, hopefully, it will uh improve in the next few years. We have seen him uh achieve higher results at world championships, so hopefully, this will be the beginning of a comeback. He did have some success in the team trial, we'll talk to, talk about that in. A couple of seconds, uh, but uh, Tani, before we get there, a shout-out to Ahmed Ilburdani from Qatar, who finished 61st uh, just inside 10 minutes back. Uh, it's a bit funny, some of these ones at the lower end. You've got some usual suspects among the top 10, top 20, um, but Puerto Rico sent a rider this year to the World Championships. I think they were 11 minutes back as well. Qatar, of course, in theory, still hosting next year's World Championships. Um and they've got a rider. Yeah, speaking 61st, of buying wins, yeah, um, I, it, it's kind of a funny one in some ways. I, I know that there's there's a there's something to be said for you know this is and it's similarly the same for the Olympics and the, and the World Championships. But you want to encourage countries to be able to attain uh, participation in in these world class events so they can aim for something and have an objective. But equally. You don't want just people there to be make up numbers, to make up the numbers, or just to say, "Oh, we've got sixty-one countries here." Okay, sixty-one countries. Thirty of those countries don't really ride bikes, but they sent some random guy. I mean, uh, is there? A, there's got to be a balance there, doesn't there? Surely. I think for me, I, I, I guess
1: you got to look at it. Even though having said what I said about the team time trial, uh, I mean, I, I guess my biggest bugbear is that um it's not done as a national in national teams. I mean this is the world championship. It's not the world trade team championships. It's the world championships. You you you're representing your country and in that respect then
0: It doesn't you know, matter. It's it's, if it's
1: similar to the Olympic Games. I mean you got you know a guy finishing, I don't know, across a fifteen hundred meter event, you know, a couple of laps down, you know, a guy maybe Dog paddled or something like that, you know, against Grant Hackett or Ian Thorpe.
0: So, well, I remember there was a, there was that a, year, yeah. a few years ago the guy who who barely could swim but was sent yes. to the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, it, those stories are kind of inspiring, kind of nice, and kind of embarrassing at the same time. I mean, yeah, it's a top tier elite competition. Is it? I don't know. Like, does that what does that say about the level of competition? Is it good to encourage those countries? Probably yes. Um, but then again. I don't know. I mean, is there much point in someone competing if they're going to be finish, finishing sixtieth at a world championship?
1: Yeah, I mean, it gets it comes back to you know money and infrastructure and resources get you results. I mean, that's this is the the problem with trade teams, isn't it? You know, your top your top five world tour teams versus your bottom five. I mean, y- there's there's a reason why those top fives consistently produce top results because they've got the best resources and they've got the biggest budgets and therefore they get the best riders and those riders can continually get better because they're invested in, whereas uh, um, the lesser riders don't. So the dichotomy between your haves and have-nots keeps widening. It's just like the the social situation in, um, you know, in, in developed countries. Um, yeah. Brian,
0: what, what do you, what do you think? Well, I've got a question. This is our operator Brian, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. I was just listening to this. Is there a Davis cup equivalent in cycling where it's actually just, like you mean a a qualifying series for the, you've got, you mean, you've got like the world cup qualifiers for the Davis cup. I think you've got like a under tier system. No, I don't understand what oh, you're talking the- about. I just wondered if there was like a country specific, you know, the, where you were in the Davis Cup, you you play for your country rather than your team. Is there a, a team kind of an actual country-based uh, cycling well, competition? Well, that, that, that is what the world is. Yeah, that yeah. is what the world is, Brian. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's but, good. Uh, but it's confused because, as we were saying, there is also this non-national team thing which runs almost at the same time and yeah. that sort of uh, – I mean, this is trying to educate our operator here. We've, uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> sorry, guys, I, I you know, this is the podcast I need to listen to more often.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you. we should go back to basics. <laughs> but the, I, I think the thing is, I mean, there's a lot of confusion. So for the layperson like Brian. Exactly. Uh, he doesn't even understand what, it's, what it is. Do you, Do you know well,
0: it's about cycling? Or? Well, it's that like skateboarding, but. Yeah, that's right. Yeah? It's like Skate. very similar, but then different. Like F- four okay. wheels, two wheels, you know, the yeah. gears and all that. All right. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to the team time trial. Brian, let's take us there. Well, for the more discerning, uh, this is the one, unlike the Davis Cup, that is not really... <laughs> Not uh, competed by nations, but rather by teams. Professional teams: BMC, Trek Factory Racing, Omega. Fa- <laughs> I keep doing that all year. Opqs, Etix, Quick Step. I mean, I suppose you've already said a few of your grievances about this, but mm. um, it was run on the Sunday. We had some good competition. BMC smashed, uh, smashed the uh, the men's uh, team time trial and uh, Velozio... Tram, Yeah. Uh, smashed the uh, the women's. But uh, again, I, I suppose you're right. What, did it all matter in the end or was no, it just a sideshow? No, I, I,
1: th- I don't even think we should talk too much <laughs> about this, Al, um, because I don't know if people even care, really. I mean, okay, they care. There was like the you care because there's a, you, you know, there's an Australian writing there and he pretty much did half the team time trial himself. Um, oh, I I don't know. Like I said, you know, um, money buys results. BMC have got a heck of a lot of money. They they're expected to win. Orica GreenEdge. Uh, I mean, this is they they love targeting the team time trial and they've done exceptionally well, um, particularly last season. But I wouldn't say, oh, you know, uh, is I wouldn't say it's a huge disappointment. I mean, you're going up against these teams who, you know, have got world class time trial is writing for them so it's kind of like um you know it was always going to be a almost four-way battle between etix and bmc and oge and sky um so i I don't know there's not much for me to say about this album because i'm fairly
0: unenthused about
1: the whole thing
0: um as much bling as there was on display, it didn't really work out too well for Tinkoff. I always find it funny when there's crashes in a team time I mean, I understand how it can happen when you guys are when you're on the rivet, um, you're riding uh, very focused, very close to each other, uh, within sort of centimeters, millimeters. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it shouldn't really happen. There's no, you know, if it, if this sort of thing happened in uh, a road ride, road race—you'd have uh, massive crashes all the time in the middle of the peloton because they're always that quite close together. But uh, team triumph, trial, five riders on the road, two riders go down after a very innocuous touch of wheels. I understand it can happen, but uh, yeah, it sh- it shouldn't happen though. You're right. With
1: six riders on the road, well, or you- there was was it five at the time?
0: Might have been six at that point because yeah, it was yeah. quite early. But yeah,
1: yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It it shouldn't. You you say it shouldn't happen, and then the sport director was very kind. He said, "Oh, I don't blame um, the, guy, it was the guy. Who was the guy? Um,
0: Clip wheels? Oh well, Rogers went down yeah. second, and uh, I'm not sure. Who. Anyway, the guy the guy is stuffed up. <laughs> uh, was it Valgren? Maybe.
1: Yeah, that's him. So he, I I just I, I I don't know yeah I guess yeah that, that was another team I should have mentioned and then in they're always been there or thereabouts as well so um yeah not
0: I, I don't know mate there's, there's <laughs> <laughs> no 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 um Tanya I, w- I wouldn't mind mentioning though on the it does seem to happen a bit that crashes in uh, in team time trials and I suppose, it is just a matter of the stress and, and discipline of it all because it can come awry pretty quick. And that, that's also something to marvel in the teams that seem to do it very well very often. They don't get into these sort of uh, these sort of problems. Mm-hmm. Tani, the, the, actually the main thing I want to talk about with the whole team time to hold business because honestly I'm I probably with you on the whole, uh, the winning, losing, it's all fantastic, great, let's, uh, let's move on. But high-tech products writer Charlotte Becker, you would have seen this, Tani, she was... Not allowed to start the women's team time trial uh, because she her bike didn't meet the technical specifications of the UCI commissars. Now, probably for those who don't know how this works, or me, or, or, yeah, that's Brian particularly who is our uh, does not speak cycling lingo. Uh, I don't know. And it, interrupts. Yeah, and interrupts. But <laughs> uh, Brian, this is for you. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it's basically a, a weird looking metal contraption that has a whole lot of measurements, which the UCI then will do maximum measurements on uh, into in sort of like stem to seat post, um, sort of all these different geometry measurements to do with max allowed measurements that you're allowed to have for your time trial, um, time trial bike particularly because obviously things like your ang- your position your angle can be abused if it's not um you know, measured correctly, Uh, most time it's sort of a bit of a show because no one... It's so
1: arbitrary because uh, are they taking into account the massive disparity between people's heights and body shapes and stuff like that? So, I mean, you look at... Nara Quintana on a time trial bike he's jammed his seat so far forward it looks ridiculous. Uh and then you got, I don't know, like a really tall rider, um Robert Hesink or something like that, you know. He, he he's he's
0: it is to it is to do with it's a percent like they're all they are all relative, but it, I mean, to be honest, like you wonder how relevant this sort of stuff is to the modern era. Um Especially when all bikes are already have to go through quite stringent, um, you know, checks and regulations by the UCI's technical roadbook, anyway. I mean, even just to sort of start a bike in, in production for the Pro Peloton, it has to meet a certain amount of uh, requirements. Anyway, Becca, who was riding a, a, a Scott, um, was told that she couldn't start after having a first check um, go through without problem. The second check, They said that, well, according to the UCI, uh, well, according to, rather, Carl Lima, who's the high-tech manager, her handlebars were one millimeter too long, and uh, she was told that she could not start. Uh, That ended up totally destroying high-tech's chances of doing a good world championship team time trial, but... uh, and. Tony, I mean, that's it does seem slightly on the absurd side if that is indeed true. The UCI did come back and say that it was two centimetres off from the legal length, um, not one millimetre, but uh, even so, it's kind of, I, don't, I mean, I'm not even sure what to make of this, but this sort of stuff makes the UCI seem very nitpicky over stuff, which you would have thought matters a whole lot less than some of the bigger issues that the sport's going through.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sort of. Um, I mean, I don't. I, I think this is what the UCI uh, should be doing, though. They should be. Uh, they should be m- making sure the rules are yeah. adhered to. So, if indeed there was a one millimeter discrepancy, leads to a two centimeter um, disparity, then you have to say, well, it's not within the rules, and then it probably comes down to the team mechanics, really. I mean, they're the ones who should be saying, okay, they, they have an idea. I mean, they're briefed, I believe, at the start of the season on what is and isn't acceptable. So if, um, you know, as nitpicky as it is, if it's not, you know, within the... Co- I mean, when you go to a World Championships, you, you should be making sure, and you're writing a team time trial, you should be making sure uh, that everything is in check. I, I think probably the fault does lie with uh, the the team.
0: Even so, I suppose, to play devil's advocate, is there much value in disqualifying a rider for what is a... I mean, what what difference do you imagine that would make in an actual mm. bike race? Well, I don't know why they don't, they don't check them before. Why? I mean, it, it does seem like if there was a mistake made, it was... Quite arbitrary, but to get to the point where was you're... It, sorry, it was a pre-check. I mean, so this, this but was, was a the pre-check. second pre-check. Apparently, there was a second pre- first pre-check. It was fine. Second pre-check yeah. came too close, and right. she couldn't adjust it. But uh, I don't know. It, it's quite heartbreaking to be on the, the starting wrap with your teammates and then be told that you can't
1: can't yeah. start. Well,
0: why not do the pre-check like? Uh, Rather than a couple of minutes before, why not do it a few hours before or the day before? Usually what happens actually, and this is something which I suppose I should also add to the UCI's credit, is usually they've got the guy at the station, um, the check station, from a very early point and you can go over whenever you want. Um, and they even have this, for example, the Tour de France, what inevitably does happen is that most riders go towards the end because they'll be warming up on the rollers and then the last thing they do is they roll over to the the bike check. They, they quickly do the bike check, yeah, it's all good, then you jump on the ramp and away you go. Um, yes, the mechanics probably should know to get it within the legal limits but... Uh, I don't know, it's one of those things where you yeah. just... Yeah,
1: I mean, you said oh, there's so many other problems that the UCI could be looking at, but I guess you could use that as an excuse for a lot of things and so it's a case of if, if they're able to enforce something... Um, <laughs> well, it's it's certainly
0: lesson learned. They won't be doing this again. Well, high-tech probably, no. Um, all right, Tanya, we'll leave it there. Uh I suppose we haven't really solved the answer with uh, whether Becker was in the right or the wrong, but... uh, No, this podcast is not for (laughs) problem solving, it's for musing. Okay. Um, Let's uh, move on to the final uh, weekend's events, and that will be the Road World Road Races, and uh, they will be over the weekend, including this Friday, but uh, we'll get there right after this. (music) Well, it's the main event, the big ones. It is the under-23s. <laughs> no, I'm joking. The under-23s aren't that big, but they will. They are always a pretty good event. It's they the
1: juniors, which is a huge.
0: <laughs> That's right, junior men and women. Um, the under-23s kick things off in terms of the road races. They are on the 25th, which is Friday in the US. Um, it's about 24 hours from now, Tani. Um, 162.2 kilometres, 10 circuits for the under-23 men. Then you've got the junior men um, and women, I believe, uh, September twenty-six, one hundred 129.8 kilometres. Uh, elite women, uh, 129.8 kilometres as well. And that is uh, only eight loops, by the way, for both the uh, junior men and the elite women. That's on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, the elite men's road race, uh, the blue-ribboned event, 261.4 kilometres around Richmond and uh, 16 laps of that uh, 16.2 kilometre circuit, plenty of climbing, 230 metres of elevation per loop, so do the math, Tanny, 16 times 230 It's about 3,500 metres of elevation, slightly more. Um, Let's uh, let's get into it. What do we make of the? Uh, we we did talk about briefly about the course last week. There's a couple of small little cobbled climbs. There's a couple of mm. little pokey holes, but uh, for the most part, we're expecting a sprint at the end, or at least a, a reasonably large group to contest the finish together. That said, you never know with World Championships, pretty much anything can happen and there's uh, always a curveball or someone who wants to throw a curveball at them. Yeah, that, that's the
1: thing, Al. I mean, I I just don't think... I mean, you, you mentioned the climbing. I just simply don't think there's going to be enough um, to, to bother, you know, s- sprinters like Gripel. We know we've seen at the Tour Down Under, he can get over climbs like Wollonga and... Um, you know guys like Sagan I I don't I just yeah I, I see it ending in a sprint but then again we have to see how the U23 and the junior men's and women's races play out before the big
0: one can often be important to how yeah. um, to how that race does play out I mean last year for example we ended up seeing quite an interesting under 23 race which probably um, was quite – I think it ended up being quite similar to the way the uh, the men's race ended up playing out with a, a small little break going and then coming – I mean, quite an attacking race. The men's race ended up being quite passive, but there was a few key breaks that went. Kwiatkowski obviously got all across the line this year. Last year – let's just talk about the men because I suppose that's where a lot of the main interest is. That's on Sunday. Uh, Tani, a lot of people saying Alexander Kristoff, the Norwegian uh, – is the outright favourite after what he's done in the autumn races. He's probably the kind of rider that that you would fancy. Quite decent on cobbles, not that there are much cobbles, but quite good in terms of his classics pedigree. Um, 250 kilometres, that's sort of his hunting zone and he does kick nicely at the end of a, a long race. His Is he kind of the standout favourite, or are we forgetting other people? Do you think?
1: Um, Well, it's it's guys like that. It's Chris. It's it's the usual suspects. I think the the guys that were, you know, were or have been good in races like Milan-San Remo will be good at this year's Worlds. The guys who were good in the the Geelong Worlds in twenty ten will obviously well. Hushov excluded because he's retired. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think if you look at those guys, you know, one guy I think, it's funny to say this, but uh, call him a dark horse, but because of uh, a few ups and downs, he's had mostly downs, you know, Tom Bonin I think could be one guy who could
0: win. People forgetting that there's a, a Belgian superstar in their midst. Yeah. Um, Gilbert, obviously, will be amongst it as well for, for the Belgies. Tanny, I mean, one big factor that, that is a factor at Worlds is the teams because some teams go with a full complement of riders. Uh, that, that will include Australia, Spain, um, you know, uh, a couple of other, German Germany, for example, but uh, not so for quite a few of the smaller countries but that do have big-name riders. Um is that going to be a factor this year, or do you think that, I mean, it's not the—is it the kind of course that maybe doesn't need necessarily a strong team presence because it won't be quite as selective, which means it won't require as much chasing?
1: Uh, I think if you have a a sprinter like Cavendish, again another rider who's not participating, but if you have a guy like him who needs to be nursed up the climbs, then yes, the team is. Important, but I mean, guys like but, so Michael, on. Michael Matthews, uh, for example, he's he's pretty adept at getting over climbs like these. So I think you should be okay. And then, but even uh, so, the Australians have a
0: full complement anyway.
1: Yeah, and then uh, you know I have to say you know, I stand corrected because you know I thought the best thing for him to do when he crashed at the Tour de France was to pull out. But uh, you know he insisted on going on, going on, even though he could barely walk on uh, for half the tour. Yep. Um. It's done him good because the the um the preceding races um
0: in Montreal, and Quebec. Yeah. He, he was very he was very good. The Australians uh, they'll have uh, Gerens uh, who obviously have got the silver medal last year, and and Matthews leading the way. Um. The Spaniards. Uh, Alejandro Valverde and uh, Joaquin Rodriguez including, but I mean Valverde again could well be right up there. Um, We mentioned Christophe, Peter Sagan Um, again the Belgians also have Greg Van Avermaet who has had a pretty solid season as well to date. The Belgians actually have quite a few cards to play. I suppose one of the questions is how they all work together Um, Yeah, that's the same story with the the Spaniards. the Spaniards too,
1: and actually the Italians. While we're there, um, I think yeah, I mean those one, all the other teams will be kind of watching what the Belgians, the Italians, and the Spaniards do. Um, particularly like when you've got a rider the caliber of Wassenhagen, Edvald Wassenhagen, you know from Norway. He doesn't have a particularly strong team, um, so he and Christoph will be just watching, waiting. Really, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. It's, it's pretty much you know the typical classic scenario who's who's got the legs in the last 20, 30 kilometers.
0: And I suppose also we should mention that the defending world champion um, Michel Michel Kwiatkowski, he probably I think a lot of people aren't really looking to him as much this year, but um, in a lot of ways this this could be his kind of race as well. Decent finish. Um, it's an uphill sort of uh, an uphill bit with then a false flat at the end. Comes after a long race. We know that he can perform in long races. And if you look at how he performed it and and won at Amstel Gold this year, uh, he just played off the fact that a lot of people f- forgot how quick he is in even a reasonably decent sized group at the end of a hard race. Um,
1: yep. yeah, I know that
0: polls probably won't. Feature as much in terms of being, you know, around, you know, forcing the race or forcing the pace. But hmm. he, don't forget about Kwiatkowski. Yeah, no, he's.
1: Um, I think also the way the Polish team rode at last year's Worlds was very impressive. I mean, that people thought, well, "What the heck are they doing?" But you know, they they proved they knew what they were doing last year. And yeah, I think you know, yeah, you, you do forget that Kwiatkowski, He was. Leading out, um, I think Ben Swift on a number of occasions this season, and so, and he's also been quick enough to Ben Swift. Yeah, oh, sorry, that's where he, he will be doing it <laughs> because he's off off to Sky. No, he's um. Where, who's, who was he leading out? At Quick Step. At Quick Step. Cavendish um, or Cavendish. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Are, yeah. Anyway. Get ahead of yourself,
0: mate. You've already yeah. seen what 2016 is going to look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going
1: to win the Worlds next year as well. But uh, no, no. He's he's he's. I guess my point is that he's he's fast, and uh, he he's he's a he's. I won't say he's a complete rider, but he's a complete one-day rider, if you like.
0: Uh I just just finally Tony the Brits we haven't mentioned them at all they don't have Cavendish um uh, because he's not uh, participating they do have Ben Swift uh is he their go to man or how do you think they'll be playing the race um it's a I don't know it's a difficult one I think without an obvious leader because it doesn't necessarily uh, I mean they've got a, I think they've got a quite a large team but mm. that's all well and good in a world championship you still need to get someone over the line in first place
1: yeah, I think a lot of the Brits have tired themselves out uh, because of clearly the work um, you know done for Froome at the Tour de France. I mean, one of the the stalwarts of the Great British lineup at the Worlds is Grant Thomas, and he's he's not there. I mean, he's he's just tired. Um, so, yeah, I don't see them as favourites. If Swift finishes in top five, I think
0: that would be a great result. I suppose we will uh, watch this space, Tanny. That's all uh, coming up. It will be on SBS, and uh, our man uh, who is minding the, or who's going to be behind the desk, Phil Gomes. He's going to be looking after all your online. The, I think there's seven or seven, seven or eight people who might be watching online at three a.m. Australian time, Well, maybe nine people. We should.
1: Yeah. Oh well, there'll be like Tomo and the gang. They'll they'll be up as well. I believe it's
0: broadcast on uh, is it SBS. To SBS, t- yeah, it's on SBS. It's on one of the channels, and yeah, but uh, it'll be very, very early morning slash late night. Yeah, so uh, maybe get some sleep or change your sleep patterns over the weekend. Maybe try and get up really early on this on the Monday morning as well. That could be an option. Maybe before your bike ride, you might catch the end of the uh, the men's road race. Yep. Anyway, uh, Tani, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Al. We've uh, we've missed Ronald. Yeah, and. The Gomenator. It's been a bit flat, but uh, hmm. hopefully everyone's going to tune in and, and enjoy. Um, we'll see everyone again next week. Uh, if you've got any feedback, please send uh, me or Tanny an email. Uh, not or, an email. I'm oh, not giving out
1: my email address, Al.
0: So. No, 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 not an email. But uh, uh, yeah. send us a Twitter and yeah. on uh, at Sulking Central or uh, on the Facebook and we'll uh, happily include it in uh, next week's pod. Um If you want to catch us on Twitter, Tanny's at Anthony underscore Tan. I'm at Al underscore Hines. And Cycling Central is at Cycling Central, no underscore there. And uh, Tanny, I think that's pretty much it. You can find this podcast as well on uh, soundcloud.com slash cycling-central and on iTunes. That's it.